Good evening, everyone, and welcome to No Sleep on the CWR Talk Network. How's everybody doing tonight? Super. Good. Good. Yeah, pretty good. 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 I'm glad everybody's back. Tonight, we actually have another new co-host that we're wanting to introduce. His name is Norvell. So, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, awesome. I'm sure our Ooh. listeners are probably wondering about you, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I'm Norvell. Hey, everybody out there. I like uh, sunsets and long walks on the beach. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised on the west side of the city. Um, I'm a born-again Christian. Uh, I currently reside in Los Angeles, California with my lovely wife. We've been married about five months. Um, I'm an industrial engineer by trade. I work for a large consumer products company, and uh, I'm big on music. Uh, a few days out of the week, I help out uh, with a nonprofit organization here called the Harmony Project, and I teach kids how to read music and play percussion instruments. And uh, glad to be here. Awesome. We're so glad that you're here. Um, That's dope. Awesome. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about millennials and the entertainment industry and maybe how we may influence or how it influences us as a generation. So I guess to start out, we'll just, um, does anyone have any specific shows or music that they're into right now? I'm really into Dancing Queen on on Netflix <laughs> with uh, Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> into what? Queen. Uh, it's called Dancing Queen on Netflix, and it's about one of the drag queens who was on RuPaul's Drag Race, and she started her own dance company, and it they perform like all over the country, and it's like a reality show, so. It's really cool, and I like that she highlighted a drag queen from the pop drag Cool, cool. Anybody else? I have a guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> it is love and hip hop, whatever yes. location they are in. <laughs> and I don't know. It's like I've, I often like I. Sometimes I feel bad for watching it because it gets a bad rap for being trash TV and a perpetuation of, like, the negative aspects of black culture. But as an anthropologist, I like to understand the reasoning people put into the decisions that they make. And so, like, seeing how different people are discussing relationships now and, how they're going about raising children and then seeing how now they're trying to bring like people who would more be more likely to be out on the margins or on on the fringes like into the entertainment industry and like how they're trying to cultivate them into being more business minded like I've kind of gravitated towards that aspect of the show and so I don't know it's it's my it's my like I said it's my guilty pleasure Cool. Yeah, oh, I'm there with you, Shandrea. I love Jersey Shore, and there is no <laughs> reasonable reason why I love it. <laughs> but I do, and I've been watching the Jersey Shore, like, basically um, reunion that mm-hmm, they've had mm-hmm. out. So, and I just love it, and it's definitely, like, trash TV. <laughs> I didn't know it was still on. Yeah, it just they, came they back. revamped it. <laughs> oh, it's kind of sad because they're, they're all like, fam- I mean, they all have fam. Most of them have families now, but they still mm-hmm. go and get wasted in Vegas and all that stuff, so it's just great. No way. Right. That's so cool. <laughs> but, like, if you watch, like, the Real Housewives shows and stuff, too, like, you'll have these rich white women and they'll be really catty and fighting with each other and going off and getting wasted and stuff, just like, you know, the Jersey Shore cast would be, or a love yeah, and hip-hop that's so cast. True. So it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like cross-cultural. Yeah. 
What about you, Malcolm? Oh, shows? Nah, I I can't even say that. Uh, I take too much time out to sit around and watch television. I probably catch a YouTube uh, video. You know, I don't feel like a lot of the stuff that's played on TV now is too constructive um, for my time. So uh, I try to um, utilize the opportunities that's out there to create my own uh, little network of what I like to call entertainment um, for myself. I'm right there with you, Malcolm. I, I really don't watch a lot of television either or mainstream television. Right. Um, you know, I do like anime and like cartoons and stuff. You know, I've been known to like binge watch like a new season of an anime that I like, but as far as like the reality shows, I just can't. I feel like we have to be more selective of, of what we watch because, you know, at an early age, it really impacts us. I know it impacts younger generations or, like, you know, children yeah. in high school or middle, middle school because they think that stuff is normal. They can't, you know, differentiate that this is entertainment and it's fake. And I just right. can't, I can't see myself, you know, letting that stuff in my spirit because I know I have a negative connotation. Yeah, That's I can solid. definitely see that. <laughs> Cause I, I, I guess I'm just one of those people. Like I, I feel like I can be well rounded. Like I can, I'll, I, I'm an avid reader. I love my podcast, but I want something at the end of the day that's like a relief from the tensions of the world. And as a matter of fact, my, um, the Love and Hip Hop cast, or uh, one of the cast members from Love and Hip Hop, was on one of the podcasts that I listened to. And they were discussing how the love and like how reality shows like you know get this bad rap, but they are tapping into an audience that an intellectual maybe wouldn't be able to reach, and so they're trying to figure out ways to bridge the gap to where I don't know people from different subcultures within cultures can see that there are other pathways to success. Oh, cool. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that, because sometimes I don't really watch a lot of reality TV or anything like that. I just The only time I really see it is when I go to visit my mom. She watches it, and she gets into it, so I, you know, I bear it. But I do sometimes watch 90 Day Fiance, and I know that it's terrible. But I think you can learn a lot about different cultures that way, too, because you have Mm -hmm. these people who are American, and they're traveling to these countries, and a lot of times they're third-world countries. And you can kind of see how their culture and our culture kind of clashes in certain ways and how people can come together um, to make things work. So I think that that's interesting. But mostly for me... um, I'm more into music and things like that, not so much the TV, other than, I mean, as far as reality TV. Mm-hmm. So what about musically? Are you guys, do you guys listen to a lot of music then, or? or so yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a big, uh, so a lot of, I could say that a lot of the songs, and I listen to a lot of music, um, mostly hip-hop, but it's also music that I feel that have some type of, uh, constructive message to it, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, my artists, my artists probably that I listen to mainly are uh, like J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar. I know those are like my top two right now. And pretty much the things that they're talking about, the things that they're discussing, you know, just shine light on the on the plight of uh, the African American or the African in America, you know, so I kind of gravitate towards those type of, that type of music. And also, you know, old school Tupac. That's interesting, uh, because I, I agree with you as well with the music aspect. I listen to all different types of music, like my wife, like she gets irritated because I'll be listening to like emo, you know, rock or something like that. And then I'll go to, like, J. Cole, and then I'll listen to opera. Like, I have a very, you know, broad range in terms of musical mm-hmm. taste because I just like good music. 
in general, but I've had to, like, over the years, stray away from that music that's just, like, negative because it's the same way I don't watch, you know, reality television. I just can't let that stuff in my spirit because I feel bad knowing that, you know, somebody's listening to this and thinking this is reality in terms of, like, music that talks about selling drugs and disrespecting women and all mm-hmm. those types of things. Like, right. people really, like, listen to that stuff and says, oh, this is cool, you know. Or and, this is entertaining. Uh, I just can't let that stuff in my spirit. I, I just can't support that, man. And it's like I know everybody has, like, their own thing. You know, I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle or the way that they make money, but I feel like people that are in the limelight, even with, you know, what we're doing right now, we're speaking to the public, but people that are musicians or on television, I think they need to use their platform a little bit more wisely because people are watching them and, you know, emulating what mm-hmm. they're doing. If they're doing something negative, it's it's going to have real consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I completely agree with it. Yeah, I do too. And I like how I'm a huge like Latin music fan. I love listening to like J Balvin, Cardi B. I mean, um, Shakira. I love all of them. And I love that it's becoming more popular in the U.S. to incorporate that music, like Spanish speakers with English speakers and making awesome music. Um, so I know Drake just came out with a song with Bad Bunny, and I just think that's awesome because I've loved Latin music for so long, and now people who don't have a connection to Latinx culture can because, you know, big headliners like Drake and Cardi B are connecting with those musicians. Yeah, and Enrique Iglesias. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's Not always been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him. Um, I also really like musicals. Like, I just like listening to musicals, just like old West Side Story and um, Anything Goes, Wizard of Oz, stuff like that. I just, I, they don't ever really get old for me. Um, I feel like that's a little different. Um, I'm also really interested in mainstream. Um, and then a little bit of Frank Sinatra in country music. So mm. it's really eclectic. <laughs> I was really sad to see that Michael Buble, I don't think, is going on tour anymore. No. And he he is one of my favorites as well, up there with Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very similar music styles. I always feel bad because I don't necessarily follow particular artists. I I will never know necessarily a person who sings a song, but if I feel like I can relate to a song, then that's kind of like all I need. I need a good beat and words that I can relate to, and whoever is associated with it doesn't necessarily matter. I'm kind of like you, Norvell, with, like, I can start with, like, something rock or <laughs> some country music and then switch it over to Kendrick Lamar <laughs> like yeah, within yeah. the same 15 minutes but just depending on the mood that I'm in like I'm I'm pretty well rounded and I, I wish that there was a particular artist that could stand out to me and hopefully maybe you guys can recommend some people to me who are just constant with those positive messages because again I'm a lot like you uh, Norvell and Malcolm. I'm like I want a positive message in, in the music that I listen to because that's, I don't know, for some reason music is more subliminal to me and the way that you latch on to music says it's like it's a deep personal thing that you visualize yourself and you visualize yourself in those positions and in those situations and I want in my music and in, in the music that my daughter listens to, like I want us to visualize our, ourselves in places of success and excellence and stuff like that. So... <laughs> You guys have right. any recommendations? <laughs> um, nah. Oh, wow. I don't, but, uh, I, but just hearing you finish, giving you a spill I, may, just made me think when you were speaking of visualization and maybe just think of imagery that is mm-hmm. um, portrayed through different uh, television shows and uh, or movies, you know, and how imagery um, plays a huge role 
in the lives of individuals, you know. So a lot of the times, I believe, when uh, uh, African uh, or a black person or a non-white person is being displayed through uh, movies or television shows, you know, they're playing like a role um, where that person is most likely at like a low standard, you know, or doing some type of silliness or buffoonery, you know, to grab attention. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be entertaining for them. And imagery for um, somebody that is white will be complete, uh, portrayed completely different, you know. And I think uh, this is something that's done intentionally, you know, because I believe people understand the power of imagery and how it can affect the minds of individuals. Do you think it's gotten any better over the years? Because I, I agree with what you're saying, but, you know, nah, if you look because, at television nowadays. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I, was, I was going to explain, no, I don't think it has gotten any better because uh, those non-white individuals are not in control of entertainment. You know, they don't control it. They may be a face in it. You may have a actor or actress or somebody has made it to a level of director, whatever the social status may be. They still do not control, you know, the output and the distribution, you know, of uh, those images uh, for the the masses. I think um, I feel like the, the actors have to take some type of ownership in that as well those minority actors and actresses as well, because they allow themselves to be portrayed without thinking a step further saying, you know, how is, you know, somebody young looking at this going to interpret me, you know, or how is somebody from a different race going to view me now? I would say that, you know, all the old school hip hop and, you know, gangster movies, you know, that caused people that were not of a minority to, fear, you know, people of minorities because they think that all of us tote guns and sell drugs and all those types of things just That's because true. we're black or we're, you know, a minority. And, and, and I feel like us as, you know, the, the artists in, in that situation, like the actors and actresses need to take a little bit more ownership. And I feel like if people want to change that. They need to stop supporting that type of entertainment, which is why I said I try and lead by example. And I don't, I don't watch that stuff because I don't want to support it. I'm not going right. to say it's bad because I feel like everything in moderation, you know, uh, you guys were saying like, Hey, I watch love and hip hop. It's fine because you can interpret that it's, it's entertainment. But then what mm-hmm. if, you know, somebody's allowing their child to watch it, you know, and then mm-hmm. they want to grow up and be a stripper now or something like that, you know, or they want to grow up and, you know, disrespect their women and have seven girlfriends, you know, because they think that stuff is okay. And children's minds are very malleable. And I think our generation mm-hmm. has been affected by that as well. Mm-hmm. No, I can definitely agree to that because my daughter, she knows she's not, I might indulge in that, but she's not allowed to know that that even exists until she is at an age, which I'm not even going to define because I don't want to think of her as an age to where she interprets that kind of cult, like, you know, like those type of images. I don't want her to hear those types of things. I don't want her to see those types of images and think that, She's limited in that aspect, and that's why, you know, I make a conscious effort for her to see her mother out in the community doing, like, being active, volunteering, you know, networking, and trying to show her, like, in real life what the ladder to success looks like because that that, – totally agree that imagery is important. And uh, with this whole – imagery being used intentionally to portray certain images of non-white culture. I completely agree with that as well. I, one of the books yeah. that I, or the book that I chose for grad school to be in display was by this guy named Tom Uriel, who was a marketing consultant. And he talked about how the black inferiority campaign has been the most successful campaign for hundreds of years through imagery Mm -hmm. and through marketing that taught us to hate things about ourselves. So imagery is so important, whether it's what we're allowing our kids kids to think about 
while they're listening to music or the images that they see on TV, the books that they read, like having representation in the literature that they have, like all that is important moving forward. What do you guys yeah. think, Clay, yeah. Megan, and Tyler? Yeah. Well, actually, it uh, looks like we're needing to cut to a break real quick. Uh, so if we do, we can hit the question when we come back. But if, if we have anybody out there that has any uh, questions or comments, um, you can give us a call, 917-889-8078. Gun violence is a major issue in America. It seems like there is a shooting somewhere in this country every single day. Even our schools and churches are no longer sacred and safe from gun violence. In fact, gun violence affects every facet of American life on our jobs, in our movie theaters, at public gatherings, and in other random settings. It has gotten to the point that many have become apathetic and have accepted gun violence as a normal part of life and don't have any hope of things ever changing. That's totally unacceptable. The gun violence has to stop, but it will not stop unless we get involved and demand that our leaders take action to implement measures to ensure the safety of our children in our schools and the safety of all Americans from gun violence, wherever they may be. That's why the CWR Talk Network is presenting the special town hall event, The Stand Against Gun Violence, on Thursday, October 18th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. We have assembled an expert panel with the knowledge and experience to examine this issue from a variety of perspectives and to offer listeners information and advice on how to significantly reduce gun violence in America and make our schools, homes, workplaces, and lives safe from gun violence. Listen to this very important event live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Visit our website at cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. For more information, that's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. Stand with us to put an end to gun violence. Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. It's not just cliche. It's more than a slogan. It's our identity as America's voice for championing important causes and issues like reading literacy. Host and producer Joanne Burrow tackles this issue in a number of ways on her show, Read, Read, Read. The first and third Saturday of each month, 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time. Read, Read, Read is more than a program. It is an initiative started by Ms. Burrell to attack the problem of reading literacy and reading proficiency with the ultimate goal of expanding the program to include mentors to help students with not only reading skills, but also life skills. She also invites interesting guests to come on her program to discuss their challenges with reading as well as their joy and appreciation of reading. Some of the guests are authors who discuss their books and offer their insight into the importance of reading and being good readers. Join Joanne the first and third Saturday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time for Read, Read, Read exclusively on your network for causes, issues, and life empowerment, the CWR Talk Network.
the CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Welcome back. Um, I just want to remind everybody that we do have the lines up, and if you have any questions or comments, uh, 917-889-8078. And before we went to break, we were touching on uh, the entertainment and the entertainment industry and how it has an effect on social issues uh, going on in America. So I wanted to take it a little further and ask you guys uh, if you feel – how do you feel about entertainment intertwining with politics? And if you feel that there's any entertainers that do it effectively? I think that yeah. politics is entertaining. It's just a entertainment in itself to some people. You know, they get a kick out of watching these presidential debates and uh, listening to individuals go back and forth and uh even if they just even if they just uh uh name calling you know that to some people that that stuff is entertaining and those individuals that are considered uh like uh stage performers you know the Kanye West or uh, uh other hip hop artists you know i think that um when they make this transition into dealing with uh, individuals within this field, I believe it's all more more entertainment, you know, for both of those areas. You know, Kanye West fans and like let's take this Trump this been Trump fans, you know, now they have uh more to watch. It's like their own reality T V show, you know, with this whole thing, uh distraction if you ask me. Yeah, I think the presidency has become uh, more of a spectacle, especially since Trump has become president. And I think he did use a lot of spectacle um, in almost a, sometimes an alarming way, um, but to just to shock people and to gain attention. And I think he continues to do that, especially through through Twitter. And so. Yes, I, I do think the presidency is more of a spectacle and uh, more entertained, <laughs> driven by entertainment more so than it has been in the past. Um, but taking it a step further with people who, in the entertainment industry, who have done it successfully, um, I do know that Kim Kardashian, a few months ago, um, approached Donald Trump about helping a woman... Um, I, feel, I'm, I don't want to get this wrong, but I feel like I think she was imprisoned wrongly, and she used her, her connections with, with Trump in order to get a meeting with Donald Trump. Um, and she, you know, she basically kissed the ring, and she was able to um, help this woman uh, get out of prison um, who had been wrongly imprisoned, imprisoned years ago. Um, and I thought that was a neat way of using her platform as a reality TV star to help someone. Um, so, yes, I do think that Kim K in that one instance did it right. Uh, as much as I want <laughs> to give – well, no, I can't, I can't even say as much as I want to give her credit because I, I really don't. And maybe, maybe that, there, was, there was a lawyer who worked on that case for years named Topeka Sam who was way more instrumental than Kim Kardashian could have ever been. But because of her platform, 
which yes. I still can't figure out other than the whole yeah. Ray J incident, why she has right. a platform. Right, how is she famous? <laughs> I still don't know. And they, I, but I, I think as far as pointing it out entertainment-wise, Childish Gambino, I don't know if he's retired his name yet, but in his oh, This Is America yeah. video, he did a yeah. really good job of pointing out how okay. easily distracted we all are, and like like with the kids just dancing in the background while all the chaos goes on, like that 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 was the to me imagery wise everything just the perfect example of how easily we get swept up mm-hmm. in the distraction. Yeah, yeah. true but, embodiment of a man. Right, but that's exactly how entertainment works, though. Like. Uh, uh, Clay, you, you take you took a look at um, Kim Kardashian and her her reality TV show as she uh, was supposedly able to get somebody out of prison, and you know it was perceived that oh Kim Kardashian is doing you know using this platform the right way, you know, but the yeah. trickiness of this entertainment business is they make you believe that you know. Yeah, they make you believe that, and and that 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 the story behind it probably would never been it never been known uh, to you until uh, um, Dre was able to uh, spill it out, you know. And I think that's I think that's what I'd like to try to stay away from, you know, getting caught up uh, within um, that from this entertainment game. Yeah, really and then like it's Kim Kardashian for that. Say it again. Oh no, not at all. What, what happened to Kim I Kardashian? Think that, you know, even though she, I was saying, should we really fault Kim Kardashian? Because even though you know she may be known for different things, and we may not even know really why she's relevant, she still used her platform, no matter how she got it, to do something that she saw was was positive. I personally feel like more entertainers should use their platform to do positive things. I don't care if it's you know a basketball player or you know, an actor or a reality television star. You know, I feel like they use their platform for negative things or they don't use mm-hmm. it at all when it's a form of power. And I feel like more people should exercise that right and use it for positivity. Yes, she might have got a little bit more shine than somebody that may have done a lot more legwork, but it sounds like she was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back and was able to get it done. So you really can't fault her. And if you're really thinking of, you know, the end goal, she was the means to an end. So I don't really oh. see the negative part in that. I mean, I don't know if she actually did anything. You know, that's what I'm getting at. The the whole <laughs> thing, is, like, the person that Dre was talking about could have did everything, and they just used this right here as a uh, a situation to make it seem like you know the entertainers are about you know people that's incarcerated when she could actually give two you know fingers about it. You know, but somebody that I do think uh used to play a huge role was like the old Kanye. Like I I run with the old Kanye, like college dropout mm-hmm. late late registration album Kanye, you know? That and if you listen to his music back then and see him now, you'd be like, What happened? You know, because he was so into uh what's happening, you know, in in the communities, you know, what's happening around the world, you know? He, when it took you so far to get on TV and say George Bush don't like black people, you know, like that's like one of his most famous quotes because of how he's seen African Americans being portrayed when they put them on TV during Hurricane Katrina versus how they portray uh, white people when they put them on TV. You know, it was saying that oh, when when the uh, African Americans was being seen, they was considered uh, savages and uh, individuals. Uh, uncivilized, fighting each other, trying to get food. But then when they portrayed the white person, you say, look at this uh, helpless person, you know, uh, trying to survive. And, you know, they, 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 the two different pictures are painted. And I believe those two different pictures are still painted within entertainment in the world today. I agree. I agree. But I, I do feel like it's gotten a lot better. Um, even if, you know, it is systemic, and, and I do agree with you that a lot of it is systemic because, you know, looking at when this stuff was, you know, I guess originated, it was probably based on, you know, 
lot of racial caste systems. And, you know, it's took a long time to break a lot of those barriers. But, you know, as I was saying earlier, I feel like us as minorities really have a, a vital role in this as well. Nobody's forcing you or putting a gun in your head or telling you to get on TV and, and act a fool. You know, they're choosing to do that, you know, to get the money. And I feel like they need to be a little bit more conscious of what they're doing. So we can't say that it's all based on a system or, you know, people trying to oppress us because they're portraying us at this, you know, like it takes the money of a minority to let their stuff be portrayed. And I feel like those actors and entertainers need to be educated as well so that they can use their platform a little bit better or at least push back against that system that has, uh, you know, shown us in this negative connotation. You know, somebody else, I think, now now that we're speaking of uh, entertainers who are taking a stand, we can't forget Colin Kaepernick. Like, recently he just been, like, the talk of sports entertainment, you know, just by mm-hmm. not not standing or, or just taking a knee during the uh, national anthem, you know. And, like, this started this big uproar uh, within the okay. NFL where in, in, uh, players begin to get fined or – uh, uh, suspended from games if they didn't come out the locker room and whatnot. It was just craziness. All because a man decided to uh, take a knee during the during the national anthem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think this goes back to what Norvell was saying about the importance of like. Using your platform, like like you said, you ha- they have the option to either use it in a negative way, not use it at all, or use it to bring attention to things. And I think stuff like with the Nike advertisement, how they put LeBron and Serena and Colin Kaepernick in the ad, all people who are, like, very successful entertainers, although they might be, sports players. That's entertainment to us as Americans. Yeah. And for them to use that platform to bring attention to issues like police brutality, discrimination against, or gender inequalities, and not to mention the discrimination that she received just having to be the most drug-tested player that she is, and then Colin Kaepernick with police brutality. I, I do think that it is so important for all entertainers to use their platform and to be educated, like you said, in the use of those platforms because you don't want people just out here acting the fool and people just thinking that that's okay and people accepting that as the only roles that they can get because I agree that is one of the biggest pitfalls is that we only get a handful of roles and if the only roles that they give us are uh, Cardi B. <laughs> you're not necessarily going to want that as a representation of your community. So, but that but that's the thing I, that killed that's the thing that kills me that when it when it's time to represent the community and mm-hmm. uh bring forth a leader of the community, like it seems to me that they always reach into this bag of entertainers, you know, yeah. uh whether they're a sports yeah. imitator, whether they're a comedian or actor, but they never go and get mm-hmm. any true uh, political representatives, you know, that the ones who are, who have these uh, different platforms who speak in real truths, real facts, and mm-hmm. real solutions that can bring, you know, for uh, justice, you know, those ones, those ones are forgotten, but the entertainers, why, what our question is, why do you think that they bring forth entertainers, sports entertainers and all these other different entertainers rather than going to get um, somebody that could talk about uh, the real problems we're facing. Oh, wait. I, yeah, I need an it's answer so. for that, too. <laughs> uh, I, I can answer my own question there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, all right there. Well, I think that the reason why is that they understand that okay, this sport, this sports entertainer, or this actor, or this actress, they are more uh, consumed in you know the field of their expertise, you know, rather than bring forth somebody that's going to actually speak some truth and that will move the people, you know. Not saying that mm-hmm. those entertainers, not saying that those entertainers can't uh, drop some knowledge. I'm sure a lot of them can, 
But, you know, and a person who is uh, thoroughly involved in that field that can actually um, present information and present problems and solutions, you know, I believe they want to stray away from it because um, it's a way it's a way to keep people um, uh, oppressed and in this in this uh, systemic situation. I think it's intentional as well. Just take the, the Kanye West situation, for example. He's not the first entertainer or even rapper to, to uh, request a meeting with Donald Trump. I believe Common was there to talk to right. Trump, and, and he had a lot better things to say. But, you know, they, they chose to have all these cameras and all the news coverage for when Kanye West was in his office because mm-hmm. they knew that Kanye West slightly agreed with, with Donald Trump. And to be honest, mm-hmm. you can't really expect anything different. You know, like, why, right. why would, you know, the Trump administration or anybody else broadcast somebody coming in there to badmouth him or talk about a lot of the issues that he hasn't addressed? So, of course, they're going to highlight, you know, somebody like Kanye West, who, you know, is African-American and is on Trump's side. Of course, they're going to highlight those interviews instead of highlighting, you know, a lot of the, the negative things. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's bad press. So I don't expect them to do anything different. But again, it's like I feel like the entertainers need to be a little bit more mindful of their platform. Like I don't, I don't glorify Kanye West. He's a man just like me, so I, I'm not really offended when he goes on television and acts a fool. You know, he's just going through something. And it's the same way if somebody was to go on, you know, and, and speak to Donald Trump and, and say a lot of positive things. You know, I didn't expect it, but you know. It's still not, you know, I'm not anticipating it, basically. So I think we have to have a little bit more neutral mentality when it comes to this this system that we're talking about. I have a question. I agree. What's that? With the Congress stuff, because I feel like even though you have, you know, everyone has their own feelings politically about it, I almost feel like how can you fault him for – taking the time and going and meeting with the most powerful man in the world, regardless of if anything comes out of it or not, but just setting up that dialogue, I really, I don't see how I can really fault him for it. You can't. You you can't fault him for what? For setting up the dialogue. For meeting with Donald Trump. You can't fault him for it. I think people are upset because they had expectations of Kanye West or disappointed in him. You know, you were saying earlier, yeah, like, oh, you missed the, the old Kanye. Everybody misses the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Uh, the Jesus Walk, Jesus Walks Kanye, the Christian Kanye, who's actually putting something out there that I stand for. I agree with that. But, you know, just like anybody else, you know, he's just a man. And mm-hmm. we glorified him because he's an entertainer, but, you know, he's different now. A lot of people are different now. We can't really fault him for going to talk to Donald Trump. He's, he's just a man. He's, he's doing his own thing. I feel like we can't, you know, spend too much time talking about Kanye West when there's a lot of other people that are trying to do positive things that you may be aligned to. Yeah, that's yeah, my I'm... only thing is that I wish that the other side would, because clearly Donald Trump realizes the use of entertainment in, like, furthering his political agenda. I just wish other parties who could take that same cue. Because back years ago, political leaders and entertainers collaborated together to hold events and to, like, increase morale. They worked together to do that. So it wasn't, oh, I know this singer, but I don't know this representative because they held their, they used entertainers in facilitating their rallies. They still and do. We just have to be more strategic about that. We have to be more strategic about how, what entertainers are putting what messages out there. But I, and Norvell, you, I wanted, I wanted to disagree with you so bad about Kanye, but you're right. It's, it's our fault for expecting more from Kanye at this point. Kanye has been on a spiral for years now, and at this point, if we're mad at him, we're mad at ourselves for thinking that he was going to go in there with something other than what he went in there with. 
He's like you said, he's just as human as the rest of us, and I think that's just a hard pill for a lot of us to swallow. It's just, I don't know. We we want to expect more out of people that we shouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes back to you know our original conversation about entertainment. You know, what do we spend our time supporting? You know, and we're saying that we want a lot of those positive things to be highlighted, but are we really supporting those those positive things or really seeking them out? For example, this whole Kanye West meeting. How many memes did you see after he had this meeting? How long were people talking about Kanye West? I don't care about Kanye West acting a fool in the White House. Like, it has nothing to do with me because he doesn't mm-hmm. represent me. But there probably is somebody out there that's talking about something positive that we didn't even look twice at or we're not sharing or, you know, sharing with our friends on social media and all those types of things. Because everybody wants to talk about Kanye West when he really doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like, it's, he's, he doesn't represent me. And I think that's the thing that we need to take a little bit of ownership over as, you know, consumers of this entertainment. Yeah, I think you have a really good point. We have to go ahead and take another break real quick. But if we have anyone listening that wants to call in with any questions or comments, give us a call, 917 917- Eight eight nine eight zero seven eight. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. Vegas shooting, Orlando nightclub, Virginia Santa Fe, Sandy Hook Elementary School School shooting, and the list of mass shootings in America goes on and on and on. If gun laws can't stop the gun violence in America, what can? Listen to the Stand Against Gun Violence, a special three-hour town hall event on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time, presented by the CWR Talk Network. We have assembled a panel of experts to discuss the impact gun violence has on our society and what all of us can do to help stop gun violence and mass shootings. Hear from some of those who have personally experienced the tragedy of mass shootings and why gun violence in America must be stopped. Stand with us as we fight to put an end to gun violence. Listen live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. For more information, visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially. 
that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, before we went to break, we were kind of talking a little bit about the Kanye incident. So I wanted to kind of ask you guys a little bit, if you feel that entertainment is purely entertainment, or do you think that it actually affects, you know, what we think and what we do on a regular basis? Oh, it definitely affects what we think and what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, all of it through 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 the through his imagery, through uh, uh, his descriptions of individuals. You know, they they gonna try to live up to what they see themselves or how they see themselves portrayed throughout the media. Oh, with that note, I say with that note. On that note, we do have a caller on our line. Hold on, let me bring this person in. Hello? Can you hear us? Peace. Hello? Peace. Yes. Peace, yes, peace. Hello? Uh, hi, how you doing? What's your name? Doing well, thank you. My name is Chris. Hey, so do you have a, a comment or question that you want to propose to our, to our uh, group tonight? Yes, I do. I have um, a comment or two and then a question. Um, All right, shoot away. Okay, so I was a little in and out um, for this particular session, but I I wanted to speak on just a few comments um, that were made. Um, Okay. So when it comes to reality television, we as adults can make that discernment between reality television and understand that it's not reality. But when it comes to children, um, and I, I heard one of the speakers say that they have a daughter, um, but that she she does watch, you know, reality television, but her daughter doesn't. Um, when it comes to children, I think that's a whole different topic of discussion, right? But most mm-hmm. importantly, I heard someone saying, like, make sure you use your platform. They have to be more educated speaking specifically to people, um, to minorities, to African-Americans, Hispanic possibly, um, they have to be more educated. And I think when I'm looking at entertainment, I'm thinking about um, sports, for example. So you have people who's coming out their first year of college and they're getting this massive deal to, to sign away, and they've been educated under, you know, a public school system, right? So when they're educated... From the beginning, from the very beginning, when they're educated, if you have this 19-year-old that has signed, that went to college for a year and was able to sign with uh, a basketball team or whatever, their education is stemming from what they've been taught previously, right, or their their experience. And so in mm-hmm. my mind, this 19-year-old or this 22-year-old that's signing this deal is thinking, oh, now I have a way to provide for my family, right? Right. Now mm-hmm. I have a way to kind of offer something more or to get, to get out, out, to get my family out of okay. a certain situation, right? And that's all based on the education that they've been provided. And thinking of, like, these young African-Americans um, that are offered these deals or that are offered these positions, we have to understand that education <laughs> um, is, especially public education, is a part of a very oppressive system, right? It's mm-hmm. under a, a very oppressive system, um, especially when we're speaking in regards to public education. So I understand using your platform to to uplift your community based on what you know, based on what you have. But we have to look at where these individuals are coming from. When you have and people that are millions, right? When you have people that are that can make a video off of their iPhone on YouTube, and then all of a sudden you have these millions of followers from you doing something mm-hmm. ridiculous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have to really have to look at it from where from from the whole, 
and the whole is that we as Africans as Africans in America, or if you don't consider yourself that black African American um, and you know minority races, we have to look at it as the whole. And the whole is that in America we reside as a minority under a systematically oppressive system, systematically. So I heard someone said earlier, um, you know, watching reality television gives you exposure to different cultures, which I thought was a very good point, but then is exposure to culture at what cost? So people watching Love and Hip Hop in Asia are exposed to African-American culture through the mm-hmm. lens of Love mm-hmm. and Hip Hop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You really have to look at it that way. Um, and, and then for individuals who do use their platform, again, oppressive system, who do use their platform to try to evoke some sort of change, Colin Kaepernick, perfect example. He had to go mm-hmm. to jail and a border just to get some sort of recognition when all he did was exercise his rights his natural born rights as a citizen. So you have to look at it in, in that sense. Because we're all under this racially oppressive system in its entirety, someone like Colin Kaepernick using his platform to educate his people or to uplift or just to inform. He's been shot down numerous amount of times. So that college uh that college student that got that deal, that signed that deal like, okay, it's about money now. I'm not going to mess up my money. I'm not going to say anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like the system overall, the system overall. And as an educator, I always look at my students. I will be honest and say that I watch Love and Hip Hop at a point, but then it got to when my kids were coming in talking about Sierra uh, Marie and Cookie doing this and A, B, and C, I can't sit and allow that conversation to go on. I don't even want to know. You know what I mean? So I had to remove mm-hmm. that. Like someone said, I had to remove that from my spirit. I didn't want that energy for my kids, and I, and I, I don't want to have it either. I don't want that basis of knowledge. And so I know the show is ending, but my, my, my question was, at what point should entertainers be held accountable? So I heard someone saying, Kanye is just a man, Kanye is just a man. But Kanye came out with Jesus Walks, and Kanye came out talking about um, his mother sitting at the the counters and, and, you know, going through things during the civil rights era. So Kanye gained millions of supporters, you know what I mean? Millions of fans. So Kanye now represents someone other than Kanye, not saying that he represents me by any means or you specifically, but he does represent something in the black community. And so for him to kind of like switch over, agency, oh, now I'm feeling this, he didn't take the time to sit out to, to initiate a meeting with President Barack Obama, and they're both from mm-hmm. Chicago. They both had exposure in Chicago. So at what point do you feel account, uh, entertainers should be held accountable? Mm-hmm. Appreciate your question, Chris. Thanks. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, peace. No problem. Peace. Wow, that was a lot right there. <laughs> Our callers, our callers have a lot to say. We got a lot on our minds. So, question: When do when do we hold our when do we hold our 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 entertainers accountable? Uh, accountable, whether they're black, white, uh, Latino, whenever. Like, when do the just common people take a stand and say, "All right, we got to address this person right here." I I, I can take a, a stab at that. Okay. So. And I was the one that said that Kanye was just a man. Now, I wasn't saying that Kanye shouldn't be held accountable as an entertainer and having a platform that's much larger than ours. But I'm saying that we shouldn't give Kanye so much attention and so much praise that this is the only thing that we'll be talking about. If anything, I think that entertainers, more entertainers use their platform like Colin Kaepernick so that there's 15 positive entertainers or actors or people that play sports that can do something positive versus just one Kanye. And then he doesn't matter. That's that's what I'm trying to put across. It's like it's, it's outweighed, you know. Kanye West is getting all these cameras and all this press and everything because he's going to see mm-hmm. Donald Trump. But where's the mm-hmm. side of it? And that's why I think he needs a little mm-hmm. bit more support. So, of course, he should be held accountable. But at the same time, when are we going to start supporting those other entertainers and challenging them to yeah. start using their platform as well? 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I think that was a really good answer to the question, but I just realized we've actually ran out of time and we will get kicked off air. Wow. <laughs> so I want to just thank everybody. <laughs> it went tonight, y'all. Right, but uh, you can catch up on our past shows at blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So, y'all, it's been fun, and we'll Definitely. have to do it again next week. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Peace. God bless. Have a good night. Bye.